This is KBLA Talk 1580. Our phone number 1-800-920-1580. 1-800-920-1580. This is You've Got to Be Hungry with Les Brown. Les Brown continues right now his month-long radio residency exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. So far, Les has covered the themes. It's possible. It's necessary. It's you. It's hard. Yesterday, it's worth it. And today, it's over. Les Brown. Thank you very much. It's so great to be here with you, and I really enjoyed the conversation. Y'all, y'all took me on a journey uh, with the conversation with Goldie. That was powerful and very educational indeed. Thank you, sir. I enjoyed it immensely myself. Uh, it uh, It's quite the book, and I hope that uh, persons who uh, heard that conversation will check it out. It was a great, great story, great story. I, I, I want to talk to people today, and I want them to write this down. Make yourself invaluable, irreplaceable, indispensable. Mm. Today I want to talk about Matthew Henson. Matthew Henson, we hear the story about he was the first person to go to the North Pole, and there were people who were trying to dispute that, but it has been documented again and again with various investigations. But what I always love to know is who is that person and how they came to become the person they were noted for what they did. He had a quote that I love very much. He said, the lore of the Arctic is tugging at my heart. To me, the trail is calling, the old trail, the trail that is always new. He he loved the Arctic, and, and so... The, he had a reputation, and I'm encouraging people, you want to develop a reputation for being known for something that you do well. Mm. And he was working as a waiter, and Robert Puri heard about him, that he left home at 12, and a captain of a ship where he worked on this ship, and they went to China, they went to the Arctics and various other places. But they were fascinated with the fact that he took a liking to the culture and to the people, and they taught him the language. He, he learned how to build igloos. He was a carpenter. He had a lot of talents and abilities. And as a result, when Robert Peary came and met him, he said, listen, I'm going to be going to the North Pole, and you have a kind of skill set that I like to have, and I want you to go with me. And and so they developed a, a 26-year relationship and i want people to write this down relationships matter and the intuit people he developed a very strong relationship with them now we call them eskimos that's a very negative term for them they call the intuit people and and so they taught him the language they taught him how to build igloos. They taught him how to work with dogs and, and teach them, taught him how to train the dogs. And, and the dogs understood him, and they only followed his directions. And in addition, they taught him survival skills, that, that, that how to survive in temperatures as low as 60 degrees below zero. And, and, and when it came to a point, that they only had enough food and water for two people to make it to the North Pole because Robert Peary became ill and, and he could not walk and he had to be carried on a stretcher. Mm. Then that's when Matthew Henson took over. 
And but Perry had to decide now. He had these Intuit people there, and he had he had six white guys with him, and he had to make the decision who will be the one person that will go with me. And he selected Matthew Henson because Henson knew how to survive. He knew how to ration the food and the water. He had trained the dogs. The dogs only listened to him. He, they had the, the Intuit people with them, and he was the only one that spoke their language and understood them and took the time to learn their language. Mm. And so, as a result, he was irreplaceable. <laughs> he said, look here, the dogs only listened to him. I don't know if he probably spoke Swahili or what, but the dogs only listened to him. <laughs> But y'all gotta go home. See, you wouldn't want to be you. <laughs> and, and and so it was Matthew Henson who planted the flag because Robert Peary was not in any condition to do it himself. And Matthew Henson, because of his relationship with the Intuit people, because he learned the language, because he learned their survival skills on how to survive in 60 degrees below zero, he was the one that was selected to go to the top of the North Pole that no human being had done before and plant the American flag. Ask me some questions, my brother. I've got some for you when we come forward. Uh, in conversation with the motivator, Les Brown, uh, we'll talk more expressly uh, about how you make yourself invaluable, irreplaceable, indispensable. And we certainly are going to interrogate this notion that every one of us has to embrace of how we establish relationships because they do matter. I'm thinking now of Les's dear friend and brother uh, and my friend and brother, George Fraser, who's been a guest on this program any number of times. We know George Fraser as the king of networking nobody better at networking than george fraser always honored to be in conversation with him but he and les are dear friends and so when les uh, tees up this notion that relationships matter my mind went to george but today we'll hear from the motivator les brown about why relationships matter and how to establish meaningful relationships uh, as you advance your work and witness in this year and beyond you're listening to the motivator les brown you've got to be hungry on kbla talk 1580 this is You've Got to Be Hungry with the motivator, Les Brown, every day, every weekday during the month of February. Uh, Les Brown is holding forth in his radio residency here on KBLA Talk 1580. Um, enlightening, encouraging, and empowering us. Um, there is a button on our website, KBLA 1580. You can't miss it, an icon that says Ask Less. You can go to that uh, button anytime uh, on the homepage at KBLA1580.com and send us your questions for Less. I've got some questions uh, from the website that we'll uh, pose to Less uh, later in this hour. So again, anytime you want to ask Less a question uh, in this master class for the month of February, Go to the website, kbla1580.com, click on the icon, ask less, and send your questions for Les Brown. Or go to our app and use the open mic feature. You can uh, audibly record uh, your question for Les Brown, and perhaps we'll play your audio question for Les uh, throughout this month as we continue this series, You've Got to Be Hungry, uh, the entire month of February, Black History Month, was let's would put it uh, the month where we celebrate our genius. Let's let's jump right in. Um, given what you've already teed up with that beautiful and brilliant story uh, about the uh, the uh, the contributions, uh, the, the significant contributions of uh, of Matthew Henson, 
who we knew a little bit about. And again, I love having you uh, every day weave your messages uh, of empowerment to us by offering us examples of African-Americans who have historically done what you're encouraging us to do even today in 2023 and beyond to find our own way in the world. So Matthew Henson, uh, great exhibit, a great example today of, uh, of what you're talking about when you say and suggest that we have to find ways to make ourselves invaluable, irreplaceable, and indispensable. Easier said than done. Let's unpack how you recommend we go about doing those things. Well, one of the first things that's necessary is wherever you're working, now remember, he was a waiter when Robert Peary met him and invited him to go on an expedition with him. But he had a reputation for being a very knowledgeable young man. So part of what is in, what necessary today is having a hunger to learn mm. and, and, and have your eye on the next position in your life. Most people go on a job and they just settle in and accept that's where they are. But what he did that we must all do now is ask ourselves, what does the next position look like for you? And start preparing yourself and developing yourself so that you can promote yourself by virtue of your achievements, of your accomplishments, and the impact that you are making. As a result of his versatility and capability and his relationship with the Inuit people, then he was seen as the first man for Robert Peary. He was the guy that Robert Peary always relied on because he was so knowledgeable about things that the others on that expedition didn't take the time to learn about the culture of the people there. The other thing is that volunteering. He volunteered to do a lot of things. Remember now, he left home at 12, mm -hmm. okay, to navigate the world. And, and so you got to volunteer. I remember reading about Dr. Johnny Coleman of Christ Universal Temple out of Chicago. I read about her in Jet Magazine. But I was fascinated because I came up in, a, in the South where they say a woman is not supposed to be in the pulpit. Mm -hmm. And then I read about this woman who built the first mega church in Chicago. So I went to Chicago at Christ Universal Temple Church, and I volunteered, and I worked there for several months with Dr. Johnny Coleman, who introduced me to Reverend Ike. You can't lose with the stuff I use. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she was an electrifying speaker, and, and she, she mentored me. And I volunteered, and I wanted to learn from her, her style of communication. How could a woman build a church and a non-traditional approach to religion and have the largest church in Chicago at that point in time. And so I watched her, I studied her, and one of the things I learned about her is that you have to hold yourself to a higher standard. Whatever you do, you want to go all in. Whatever you do, you want to become the kind of person and what you do and how you execute that people will talk about you. Your reputation and what you do and how you do it is very important. The other thing that I learned in, in just studying him, and that is tenacity, mm. that his family was terrorized by the Ku Klux Klan, and, and they were sharecroppers. But he decided, I don't want to live in an area where I'm constantly having fear of someone coming and taking my life. His parents said that they're going to stay there for a while, but he said, I'm out of here. <laughs> mm. You know, God said to Abraham, get up and go to a new land. 
there's some people that's not in their rightful place that they need to go get up and go to another place. Mm. And I was in that situation in Miami. I wanted to do something else. And so I left Miami and, and, and went on the road to become a nationally known motivational speaker. But here's something else he did that David Wilson, who's a financial expert in Miami, Florida, that many of us must take the time to do, and I'm doing right now. David Wilson, South Florida, Miami is, is South America for the most part. If you're going to survive there, if you're going to do business there, you need to be bilingual. Oh, yeah. This brother speaks Spanish fluently. And, and what he does, he never tell the people, the, the Colombians or the Cubans or the Venezuelans or anybody that he's going in to negotiate a deal. He never tell them coming in that I understand Spanish and I speak it. He acts like he can't speak Spanish and he represents his clients. And he, when they switch back and forth between English and Spanish, things that they don't want the people who don't understand their language to know, he sits there silently and listens. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to deal in Miami, Florida, you better call David Wilson because he goes in and when he starts speaking to them in Spanish, their faces turn red because the stuff that they were saying and trying to get over on our brothers and sisters in Miami, now he has already told them the cat's out the bag. I understand what you're saying. Now let's get real with these numbers that we are dealing up in here. Numbers don't lie, but people who count the numbers, they are the big liars. Indeed they are. Indeed they are. So, yeah, so we got to be willing to do the things that they, others won't do. Mm-hmm. Most people won't take the time to become bilingual. I'm doing that right now. It will keep your mind sharp. My goal is I will not have dementia or Alzheimer's. If you don't use it, you lose it. And so I'm expanding the study time. I take out time every day to learn words, every day reading and studying and continuously expanding my mind. And this is exactly what Matthew Henson did. He was very versatile. He was very knowledgeable of what he did, but he didn't just do it. He took it to another level. And, and if you think about that, that, that quote that he, hear, he said, he said, the Arctic is calling me. The trail is calling me. But every time I go, the trail is new to me. Mm. And, and what you asked me yesterday, people might say, well, I'd like to go in the T-shirt business, but everybody's making T-shirts. But what he was saying, no matter what you do, it is new to you if you have an expanded vision on how you're going to approach it and put your stamp on it. Mm. And this is where we are right now. Always looking for how do we take expanding our vision of ourselves, looking at that next position and making ourselves invaluable because of our versatility, because of our flexibility, and because of the strategic relationships that we make with people who have more than us, who are behind doors that we want to get behind, or who are doing things that we want to get into and master it. 
do it so powerful in a way to realize the reality that average is over. If you want to be seen today in this noisy economy, you've got to master what you do. You're listening to You've Got to Be Hungry with the motivator, Les Brown. We started uh, this radio residency all month long uh, last week on the first day of February with It's Possible. Then we went to It's Necessary. It's You. It's Hard. Yesterday, It's Worth It. And today, it's over. It's over. Uh, And we're talking uh, in this hour about Matthew Henson uh, is our our case study today uh, and the way that he found ways to make himself invaluable, irreplaceable and indispensable. Less you said so much in the last five minutes that I want to interrogate. Let me get started uh, managing this time as best we can. because You got a lot on the plate today. Uh, first of all, uh, I, I thought of Johnny Coleman when you mentioned her and Christ Universal uh, Temple in Chicago. I was invited there many years ago when she was still living by Johnny Coleman to speak one Sunday morning. I was terrified uh, to stand in the place that Johnny Coleman uh, stood every Sunday uh, and to uh, deliver a sermon, as it were, to 10,000 folk at Christ Universal Temple many, many years ago. Uh, but I, I remember Johnny Coleman for the one thing that she said all the time that I still love, and I know you love it as well. You remember her line, Les, it'll work if you work it. That was Johnny Coleman's line, it'll work if you work it. And I've held on to that line all these years. Um, speaking of it'll work if you work it, um, one of the things that, that I recall uh, early on in my career was being uh, in Atlanta uh, with my friend Credit Scott King and Bernard Lafayette, who worked alongside Dr. King. And Bernard Lafayette was encouraging a room full of young people, including myself, uh, to make ourselves an expert at something other than what we were gifted in. Whatever gift God has blessed you with, make yourself an expert at something else. When you make yourself an expert at something in addition to what you're already gifted to do, that aids and abet this notion of making yourself invaluable and irreplaceable and indispensable. Because aside from the thing that you're doing in your in your space of work that everybody else is doing, if you are also an expert in another field, to your point, Les, if you are also bilingual, if you are also et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that's another way you make yourself invaluable, irreplaceable, and indispensable. What say you, Les, about making yourself an expert in something other than the thing that you're gifted to do? I mentioned you yesterday, and this is where my life is, and you are absolutely right. My mother said it another way. She said it's a poor ha- it's a poor rat that only have one hole to get some cheese out of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I speak, and I'm known for that, but I train speakers, mm-hmm. and I train them in a way that no one else can train them. Number one, I teach them what? I have done and how I got here. I teach them how to create a significant emotional event that will transform an audience from who they are now to who they want to become. I teach them how to look at the audience in a transformative mindset as opposed to as a transaction, as dollar bills, and the majority of speakers are just speaking to sell. I teach them how to use their story to strategically to distract, dispute, and inspire, to dismantle of the current belief system of those audience members individually and collectively and inspire them to have the courage to start writing a new chapter with their lives. So you're absolutely right. So when you have a skill set and a level of mastery, and I think it's important that you create at least five different areas that you master. Mm. So I earn money as a speaker. 
I earn money training speakers. I earn money by teaching people how to create non-performance income, making money while you sleep. I earn money working with speakers, how to use technology to grow their business. And I earn money with speakers teaching them how to make relationships with people that have more than you people who have a name and reputation that you don't have and that you can borrow their credibility that will elevate you to go to the next level to achieve the goals that you want to achieve in in a, a fraction of the time because of that association, that proximity, that connection with that powerful person that's known and trusted and admired. You're absolutely right. We talked yesterday about uh, that notion of borrowed credibility. If you missed yesterday's conversation, it's worth it. Uh, check out the podcast of yesterday's uh, conversation, yesterday's master class, where we again talked about that notion of borrowed credibility, uh, something that I was uh, thinking about even late last night uh, because it hit me so hard, this notion of borrowed credibility, uh, getting with somebody who's already there that can give you the credibility you need until you establish yourself. Uh, when we come forward after news, traffic, and sports, so much that Les has already teed up that we want to come right back to, including this notion of lifelong learning. Les has made it clear on more than one occasion uh, during this radio residency. He's now achieved 77 years of age, but you can hear in his presentation, you can hear from the examples he's offering, the value that he has for lifelong learning. We'll talk about that. We'll go back to this notion that he raised earlier of the importance of volunteering everybody wants to get paid everybody wants to get paid for what they do uh well maybe maybe it doesn't start with you getting paid maybe it starts with you volunteering and learning we'll talk about the notion of volunteering we're going to come back to this issue of relationships and how you build and establish and grow relationships that matter there's a great deal more to unpack in this hour uh, as we continue this radio residency you've got to be hungry with Les brown today's theme is it's over more of Les Brown when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. I'm Tavis Smiley, and I am the person who was honored to be the moderator every day uh, of this conversation with Les Brown. You're listening to You've Got to Be Hungry with the motivator, Les Brown. Uh, he continues every weekday this month his radio residency exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. Uh, today's theme is It's Over. We have covered already. It's possible. It's necessary. It's you. It's hard. It's worth it. And today... It's over. Before we get back to today's master class, it's over. Once again, if you go to our website, KBLA 1580, you can click on the icon that says Ask Less and send less your questions or go to our app and use the open mic feature and audibly send us your question uh, for Les Brown. Les, before we get back to, again, today's lesson, it's over. Two questions I want to get in right quick here uh, that have come from uh, your listeners uh, to this program. You've got to be hungry. Uh, let me put this one first. What would you say, Les are a few of the most important things to instill in a black teenage boy to get him on the road to success? I think that one of the most important things that we need to do with our children today is create within them a thirst to learn mm. and to document the learning that they get. I'm reminded of Alan... Alex Rodriguez, who had a meeting with Magic Johnson, he's an ex-baseball player, and, and the meeting was supposed to be for 25 minutes, but Alex Rodriguez, his family taught him the value of, of if you get some information, write it down, and that, that meeting, which was supposed to be 25 minutes, went on for several hours, and somebody asked Magic Johnson, why did you spend so much time with him? And he said, because he took notes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
He took 10 pages of notes. I knew he was serious. And so he deserved my time. Now, let me share with you the value of KBLA and what you're doing. It's an intervention. Our kids are not being educated. They are to this day are continuously being indoctrinated. I'm encouraging everyone, every parent and everybody that's listening to get the PBS special call. It's a documentary called The Eye of the Storm. It's by Jane Elliott. And Jane Elliott is a white instructor, and, and she conducted this study with her students after the assassination of Dr. King. She told the kids in the classroom, all the kids who have blue eyes are superior. And the people, the students with brown eyes were inferior. And at the end of the semester, the kids who were told that they were superior, their academic performance increased dramatically and their attitude and their behavior. The kids that were told that they were inferior, they became very troubled. Their challenges in terms of academics, that became challenging. Their grades were, were poor. They made lower scores on all the tests. And then the next semester, she said, oh, I made a mistake. The kids with the brown eyes are the superior ones. And you are the ones that are going to do extremely well academically. And the kids, those of you that we told you that you were superior with the blue eyes, we made a mistake. And the next semester, it was reflected. The kids with the blue eyes began to perform poorly. And academically, their scores went down. But the kids with the brown eyes who were told they were superior, their performance increased dramatically and their scores on their tests reflected it. And so what she said that you can't help if you're a black person in the school system in the United States of America, you can't help to hate yourself, to dislike yourself because you are indoctrinated to do that. Mm. Racism is a part of our school system. It's a part of the curriculum. So you have Iran DeSantis trying to reinforce that in this day and age. And it's not about our talking about what he's trying to do. That's always been the agenda. Mm-hmm. It's about what we as, as, as parents, what we as community activists, what we as broadcasters and people in the media, what role we will play and making sure that they're not going to be able to continue to do what they've done to maintain our detriment at the expense of our future, and particularly with our schools. And so what KBLA is doing, and I encourage everybody, don't just listen for you, get other people to listen, because we're hearing things on this station that I've never heard before. I come on early to hear the the conversations, because I'm learning things, and and I consider myself a person to be well read because of the diversity of your various guests it's created a hunger and a thirst in me to learn and want to get more and we need to pass that on to our children there's your first answer um developing your kids a a hunger a hunger for learning that's how you put these young black boys and black girls on the road to success the second question i want to uh, get to uh from our website uh, let before we get back to today's lesson uh it's over how 
do I create my own story? When I read this question, I said, that's right up his alley. So I'm going to turn my microphone off and just let you go. How do I create my own story, Les Brown? You know, God asked Adam, Adam, where are you? And that was not a location question. He wanted Adam to think, who are you? What are you doing with what I've given you? You're made in my likeness and image. You've been given authority and dominion over everything. And, and so spending the time to ask ourselves a question, who am I now? Mm. And what is it I want to do? And who do I want to be in the future? And what radical change must I make in myself in order to achieve that? Because you don't get in life what you want. You get in life what you are. That's why self-development is so important. That's why you're having programming that's skewed toward not just to entertain people, but to create a thirst within them to develop their minds, to elevate, elevate their thinking and their relationships and expand their goals beyond their mental conditioning. That's major today, more important now than ever before. When you think about technology that's eliminating millions of jobs, we have to continue to grow. We have to continue to be passionate about the things that we do, the things in our heart. And we must be tenacious, tenacious and relentless in pursuit of those things because we will always get pushback. That's the name of the game. But I've got this saying as life knocks you down, try to land on your back because if you can look up, you can get up. <laughs> when we come forward with the motivator, Les Brown, uh, we will uh, unpack how, in fact, he developed a, a lifelong love of learning. You're listening to You've Got to Be Hungry exclusively all month long on KBLA Talk 1580. Les Brown and You've Got to Be Hungry exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. Les continues his month-long radio residency. You've, uh, you've been very... Uh, very forthright, uh, Les, uh, not at all <laughs> shy about uh, sharing with us that you've now achieved the age of 77, and it's clear every day you come on that you long ago developed a lifelong love of learning. Tell me about your particular journey in that regard. This high school teacher, and I heard you talking about a teacher that was a major force in your life and, and, and poured into you. Mr. Leroy Washington, something that he always told us he said mr brown once you open your mouth you tell the world who you are mm. mr brown pick your relationships wisely if you run around with losers you'll end up a loser and so i associated with children i'm in school when i was in school who were smarter than me and I sat next to them to copy off their paper. I listened to their conversations. <laughs> and, and so so I, I, I decided, even though it's, it's challenging, if you told me to write your speech, that's not what I do. But if you told me to give you a speech and you give me some information on it, I could do the research and I could give it to you verbally. Some people learn better through hearing. Some people learn through hearing and a combination of both. Some things are taught and some things are caught. But he created within me a desire to manifest a larger vision of myself. We're all celebrating, and rightly so, the record that LeBron James has broken mm -hmm. of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Well, 
I look at myself after celebrating that, and now life is asking me, okay, you still here. What you going to do? Mm. What records are you going to break mm. in your area? Mm. And the number of people that you're going to impact their lives and the number of people that you're going to reduce the number of people who will die from opiate addiction, the number of people are living a life of mediocrity, that when they hear your voice, they were inspired to know that their life has matter and they have something to do. What are you going to do? What record will you break so that when you take your last breath, people will applaud and cheer and say, he's gone, but boy, he made his mark like LeBron did. I'm saying to you that what KBLA is saying to us every day, we all have the potential to rewrite history. And that's what LeBron has done. And we must raise the bar on ourselves. I remember a fourth game that he won in a championship and they asked him, how did you do it? And he said something I never forgot. He said, I had to go to another place. Mm. Mm. And what he was saying, and what we have to say to ourselves, when we think about our lives and, and the people that made the sacrifice for us to get here, that we have to go to another place within ourselves beyond the booty shaking, beyond the mouths, beyond all the negative, toxic behavior that our children are watching and emulating that. We've got to go to another place, lest our feet stray from the place, our God, where we met thee, where lest our hearts drunk with the wine of the world, we forget thee. we got to go to that place where we met him and continue on that path so that we can begin to leave a greater impact with the lives that we're living. You're listening to You've Got to Be Hungry with Les Brown, exclusively on KBLA Talk 158. Les Brown, I was thinking during that break about what you just said so powerfully about um, LeBron James. Uh, and the reason why I love sports, and I, I suspect I'm speaking to others right now uh, on your program, You've Got to Be Hungry with Les Brown, this month-long radio residency. Let me just chime in for a quick second uh, to comment on what you just said. Uh, the reason why I love sports, um, mirroring what you said a moment ago, Les, is because on any given day when you watch an athlete just kill it, um, on any given day when you see that, it reminds us that in our lives, if we do as they have done, if we, if, if we work hard, if we train, if we focus, if we dedicate ourselves, if we commit ourselves to the brilliant point you made, which is resonating with me in ways I can't even tell you, that we can set and break records too, that we can go to another place, that we can elevate as well. And that's why I love sports. I mean, there's a lot of drama in sports these days, but when I wake up in the morning or you're watching something at night and you see what these great athletes have accomplished, it's a reminder to us that in whatever race we're in, whatever space we're occupying, we can do the same thing and take our own game to different levels if we behave in ways like they have, again, training and dedicating and focus and just being consistent. I mean, LeBron breaks, breaks this record because he's consistent. He shows up every single day. I hate this notion of load management these days. They didn't have that back in Kareem's era. And there are 
kind of differences between what Kareem did versus LeBron versus the way LeBron has done it when it comes to setting and breaking the record. But at the end of the day, one thing you cannot avoid is that he showed up every day. He was consistent. He played hard every single day. He ate right. He kept himself in shape. All those things are things that we can emulate in our own lives and take our own game, so to speak, to another level. And that's why less I love watching great athletes. Absolutely, and I agree with you 100%. They got there through discipline. Socrates said the undisciplined life is an insane life. Mm. Dedication. You must be willing to go all in. And the other thing is determination. And there's no question that we are going through some stuff right now. When you look at all the things that's going on, the increase in suicide, the increase in violence. I was almost black history the other day. You didn't know that. Mm. I'm here taking care of my daughter who fell and dislocated her shoulder, broke her arm and her ankle. And I stopped with a friend driving me to keep the signal so I couldn't lose my connection with the person I was talking to. A big burly guy comes out of his house. I'm not in front of his house. I'm half a block down. And his son is walking behind him, and there's something in his hand. And then he gets to my side of the car, and his son has a gun pointed at me, a nine millimeter. Mm. He said, what are you doing here? I said, we're trying to get a better signal. I said, my daughter lives down the street here. You don't live around here. I said, no, but my daughter, she fell, and I'm taking care of her, and, and my signal is weak. I said, but you're drawing a gun on me? Well, we got a lot of crime around here, sir. I don't increase crime. I decrease crime crime people know me around the world and your son is pointing a gun at me and the son said well i i got it pointing toward the ground and i lost it mm. i teach when things go wrong don't go with them but what he said i let myself go he said i don't need a gun for you i can take you by myself my cousin seated next to me she looks at me and here he is, this man, 300 pounds, his son, 19 or 20, with a 9 millimeter. I said, you put that gun down, I'll get out of this car, and mm. I'll whoop your ass. You hear me, you punk? Mm. And she said, she called me yesterday, she said, may I speak to Bruce Lee? <laughs> 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 you going to take on a 300-pound man in yeah. his 19-year-old son <laughs> holding a 9 millimeter. And you know what he said to me? He leaned forward. He said, sir, he recognized me. I'm sorry. Everybody in the compound knows my son has issues, and he suffers from PTSD. And I said, you let him come and aim a gun at me? You didn't say to your son, son, put your gun down. This is Les Brown. Put your gun away, son. You don't need this. He's no threat to us. He didn't say that the whole time. And he said, I'm sorry. I had to apologize. And what I'm saying, man, we must live each day as if it were our last. Yes. We must discipline ourselves to follow our calling. We must dedicate ourselves to put in the time and the effort. And we must be determined to not allow ourselves to be distracted because life happens and it happens every day to us and to the people that we care about. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Lord, the microaggressions, the microaggressions that black folk have to deal with 
every day, including having guns pointed at you while sitting in a car just because you're trying to get a better cell phone signal. I digress. You've been listening to You've Got to Be Hungry with the motivator, Les Brown. Today's subject was it's over. And I'm just glad it wasn't over for Les the other day. To his point, he could have been black history. Um, oh, Jesus. Anyway, thank you for tuning in. Uh, this radio residency continues all month long exclusively here on KBLA Talk 1580.